Welcome to another episode of Canary Cast, where we talk to workers around Ohio about their jobs and about their lives and the issues that affect them and their family. We recorded this episode on the road at the Ohio Gratings Plant in Canton, where we talked about the manufacturing career pipeline. A few years ago, I was talking to an official in the last administration about how to best support manufacturing. Here's what he said. You know, everyone says they want more manufacturing, but no one wants their kid to do it. On this episode, we'll hear from Ohioans working to change that. Lori Moline founded Get Connected to expose Ohio students to career opportunities. Paul Anderson and Chris Carter went through the Get Connected program, which helped them land good jobs at Ohio Gradings. You can find Ohio Gradings aluminum and steel products on bridge decks, on walkways, incorporated into high-end architectural designs. Ohio Grading products are made in the United States. They're shipped all over the world. So, Lori, start with you. And I think back when I heard about that statement that people don't want their kid to work in it, I have always disagreed with that. I've seen the opportunity in manufacturing. I've seen how manufacturing now in this country, is, and particularly in Ohio, is more high-tech, is more highly skilled, and workers are working as hard as ever before. They're not always making as much money as they should. So start, if you would, about, Lori, by talking about how you started Get Connected how it got to start, how does it work for participating students? Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for spotlighting our program. Uh, Get Connected is a program of United Way of Greater Stark County. And we like to say that it, it's unique because it is a, a cross-section between education, business, and social service. And that's why that United Way Foundation is so important because many times as we're supporting these young people that are coming to work in manufacturing or other environments, we're also having to tap into social service support for them to help them stay employed and keep moving forward in their jobs. Our program actually started through my volunteer work with the United Way. I was doing something called Day of Opportunity where we went in and did some volunteer work with the students doing mock interviews and found that they really had no clue about the opportunities that were available for them from an employment standpoint. Many of them didn't have connections or social capital or anything like that. And in the meantime, I had done a lot of work with our workforce as a business writer and knew how many opportunities were out there. And so there was a big disconnect. And so the program was about trying to bridge that disconnect. And that's how Get Connected came to be. So what we do is we work with career tech students at um, Canton City Schools, at Plain Local Schools, and Alliance Schools. So students that are in auto body, automotive, engineering, video game design, so they already know they have so, an interest. So, so let's personalize this, Paul. You started, you were at, you said you went to McKinley and to Timken, right? Mm -hmm. You were Timken when it closed and you went to McKinley. Right. Uh, and you were, what, what did you see as your future? What were you doing in school? What were you looking at vocationally when you were, you're 18 now, you said, when you were, say, 15, 16, 17. Tell me kind of what you were looking at, where you were going, you thought. Well, originally I thought I was going to grow up to be a mechanic. I was taking that career tech class, but until I was introduced to Get Connected, which kind of allowed me to broaden my horizon and see what else is out there, because I never really thought I was good enough or had the intelligence to do much other than, which it takes a certain, it takes an amount of intelligence to work on vehicles, but to be able to actually... Well, it takes an intelligence. Some people have it, some don't. Some right. do other jobs they're better at. What, um, so you, you grew up you have a farm background. I mean, you went to school in the city, but you, you did your uncle or something? Who, who, what's your farm background? Tell me what you did there. Originally, it was all like award birds, rabbits, or whatnot, just for competition and some for meat. But it was just 
simple life and well did you did you did you get interested in being a mechanic from watch from work on any kind of farm equipment did that sort of start your interest or no a little bit we didn't really have much farm equipment at that time it mainly came from watching my dad work on his work vans because he was into heating and cooling so so you knew watching your dad that you had a an aptitude a skill both an interest and a and, and skills and brains to do that kind of work and you like that yeah okay and then let me let me shift to chris for a second so chris what period of your life you're a tiny bit older uh, than paul is uh you also went to mckinley to mm-hmm. Timken and mckinley right mm-hmm. so what got you on this road wanting to do this kind of work originally i did not even envision myself doing this my grandfather he worked for republic steel for probably 30 20 30 years he retired a couple years ago from there. Union, um, union job? Yeah, I believe he's in a union as well. My father, he worked in a lot of factory jobs as well. He worked at Mac Trailer in Salem. He's worked Technic Bus down the street here. You know, he's had quite a few welding jobs, but that was just him. That's what he actually wanted to do when he was in high school. But for me, that was not even close. <laughs> like, not even close. I didn't have that kind of desire. I definitely have the work ethic to do something like this, but... I would rather use my brain than my physical, so I was more into banking and finance. That was my focus in high school. That was my focus in high school and a little bit in college as I was, I thought I was going to be an accountant. That didn't happen for me, so this is where I landed. Thanks to the opportunity provided by Get Connect. Uh, without that, I wouldn't uh, probably be sitting here. Okay, so how, how did you find Get, Get Connected and what, what did they begin to teach you and steer you this way? It was my senior year, I believe, in high school and uh, our class, we took a trip to Debold, which was a part of uh, the first bridging between Get Connected and our career tech classes, because that's what we called them, career tech. That was like the first bridging between it that I was aware of. You know what I mean? She probably had done stuff before, but that was the first time I was aware. And then we had a, um, it was for extra credit. It was for extra credit. I remember it was for extra credit. We supposed to email her. She said, anybody wants to email me, you can email me. You want to learn more? You know, I wrote her a nice email, and then uh, she invited me to her work because she was working at Altman at the time. She invited me to her work over Christmas break. Um, I committed to that, and I came there. Um, I shared my story with her a little bit, and the journey started rolling from there. So I kind of been here from the beginning of the jump, you know, of it getting kicked off, and I've been, I don't know, trying to help behind the scenes build it as well. So Paul, how'd you actually get connected with Get Connected? How'd you how'd you connect with them? Originally, it was when I was bouncing around the career tech classes, and I wasn't sure which one I wanted to go with as far as welding, automotive, woodwork. So she introduced herself to me and then the program and asked if I wanted to, you know, be a part of it to see what else is out there. And in the process, became a part of it. So we started working with his welding class. We work with the whole class, and so Paul was in it. People tell me you're a star in your welding class. When did you first realize you, nobody, you can't really be very good at something unless you like it, usually, right? If you don't like doing it, you're not probably going to be very good. And we've all had those experiences. When did you decide you liked welding or you thought you could be good at it? Tell me what happened in your life at that point. Actually, it was kind of the first time I tried welding because, you know, being educated in the automotive and then trying something new, but I've always liked that idea of building something just from nothing into something that could either be useful or just something reputable, I suppose. And it could have been welding, it could have been something else, it could have been electronics, it could have been, but you you first kind of grabbed into welding and saw you were good at it, and now you're doing it. So how long have you been a welder? Uh, going on, I want to say four or five years now. 
through high school and then um, officially here six or seven months. And uh, Chris, how long have you been actually here working? This is my 10th month here. I'll be here a year in April. And you've worked in other manufacturing or no? Uh, no, this is my first real life factory as in everyday setting, yeah, this is the first time. What what skills have you, through Get Connected and now you're working uh, here at Ohio Gradings, what skills have you developed? Like Paul has developed, obviously, welding skills. What mm-hmm. skills have you developed that are going to take you forward to a middle class life? I got bigger goals than middle class, but... Uh, <laughs> Through Get Connected, I've created a lot more social capital. I've learned how to network a lot more easily. Uh, that is the goal of the whole thing. So I think I take that very seriously when I meet somebody new now. At first, it was just hi, bye, you know. Now it's like, okay, hi, how you doing? What do you do? Do you have a major? Are you, you know, what kind of job do you have? You know, us getting to know each other on a business level versus just being an acquaintance. I think that's very important just to always have somebody that you know, you know, just in case you might need help here or this or that. But as far as Ohio Gradings, Ohio Gradings has boosted my character, I would say. It's boosted my character. It's challenged me some days where I didn't want to come in here, but because I like doing it, you know what I mean, what I do, that means I come in here and I work hard and I want to make the people that are above me, you know what I'm saying, proud of me like I want my work to be noticed. So most of the time I work as hard as I can, you know, on whatever I'm doing. You know, and my thing is, I, I'm a sandblaster. My boots are right over there. I'm a sandblaster, but um, in that process, it's uh, almost like what my work ethic is all about. I like to, like he said, I like to see something go from start to finish. You know what I mean? Like I have something to do with that getting done. Like I'm in a finishing department. You know what I mean? So I make sure something gets finished so this company can make money so I can get paid. I like that like process. You know, like I like that it goes from me to here to here, you know what I mean? Like, or sometimes I have to hurry up and do this so Metal Spray can do their job. You know, like that puts a challenge on me. Can you get this done in two hours? I don't know, but I'm about to try right now for you. You know, I like that. As I listened to Paul and Chris talk about their work, it reminded me of a quote from Pope Francis. Work is fundamental to the dignity of the person. Paul talked about building something useful and reputable. Chris talked about being challenged, being part of a team, and the pride he takes in seeing something go from start to finish. These manufacturing jobs don't just provide a paycheck. They give those young men a sense of dignity and purpose, something we all crave. Unfortunately today, too many people are working too hard for too little pay. Their work is not valued the way it should be, and when we devalue work, we threaten the dignity that comes from that work. Paul, do you see do you, do you see yourself as a welder for your whole career? For most of it. Could you see going to trade school and becoming a union welder, or uh, is that something that would be in your in your line of thinking for the future? I have been thinking about that. I've been wanting to look into it. I've also had a strong interest in music and stuff like that, but that's. When you were going to say something. Oh, I just wanted to add how important um, the partnerships are with our career tech classes that we work with and the teacher specifically, you know. So the teacher that taught 
Paul, his welding skills, Mr. McCauley, recognize very quickly his talent and, you know, and, and make sure that we get those kids in this pipeline to, you know, and figure out where they would best fit. And, you know, do they like um, assembly manufacturing and welding or do they like structural? Would they be better in iron workers and things like that? And so we really try to kind of go by the students' interests and strengths and the type of welding they like to do to figure out what kind of pathway would be best for them. I was at a welder apprentice program. Earlier than that, I'd been on a place called Buckeye, which is a career center in Dover, New Philly area. And I was meeting some students that were going to work in a company that was going to weld, I believe it was steel, for pipelines for drilling. And they were looking to what else, what materials they have not yet learned to weld. What's next for you in your training and your learning? You weld mostly steel now, I assume. What's next for you at this company? Do you see this company as giving you opportunity to learn other technical advances and other kinds of material? Is that likely here? We have aluminum welding and processing over there. And that's a little more difficult than steel? Yeah. It's a same process, different technique. I know aluminum, to, to make aluminum, takes a lot of electricity, I mean, to smelt and all. But to melt, to weld, is, is do you weld aluminum at higher temperature than you weld steel? Actually, I believe it's at a, uh, a lower, a lower temperature, temperature because it melts more easily. Yes. Okay. So the skill, but the skills are very different in welding aluminum from welding steel. Yeah, it's a lot faster travel speed, a lot more tedious movement as far as making sure it doesn't burn through. Listening to Paul explain the skills and knowledge that go into different types of welding, we get a sense how advanced and innovative today's manufacturing jobs are. Without mentorship, Paul may never have been aware of these opportunities. Mentorship came up again and again throughout our conversation. It's not just about creating manufacturing jobs. It's also about making sure that workers have the support and the guidance to fill those jobs and that they feel supported during their transitions as they become members of the workforce. Networking and mentoring aren't just for people who wear suits. These are skills and tools you need in manufacturing jobs, too. That's a crucial part of workforce training. Lori, what you do with Get Connected, how do you kind of replicate that around the state? And Ohio is, by some measurement, the number one manufacturing state in the country. I mean, Texas and California make more than we do, but they're two and three times our size population. So in many ways, by measuring this, we are the number one manufacturing state. Yet there are too many Ohioans slipping out of the middle class. So what do we do with programs like this? Do we see them in Akron and Cleveland and Mansfield and Xenia and Worcester and other places? The big thing, and it can be replicated, is reaching out to kids in high school and getting them out to environments like Ohio Gratings and Timken Steel and Canton Drop Forge. We actually take kids there. We have them walk around. Can you see, do you feel like you could fit into this kind of environment? We have them build relationships with the people that work there. That's what's so critical. We're, it's not a field trip. It's about relationship building. It's about really hearing the stories of the workers that are there, the challenges that they've had to overcome, the days they don't feel like coming into work, but they come in anyway, the safety things, the pride that comes from being a welder that works with another welder at Timken Steel and is really focused on you know, making sure each of them come out of that day safe, um, you know, those are all the kind of um, conversations that our mentors, and that, you know, we have mentors from all these companies that work with these young people. Those are the conversations that we really cultivate as part of this. Um, so, and when you do that, when you help the kids build relationships with people in these companies, 
they already have a support system if they get hired there. So for Chris to be able to come here and already know a couple people, that helps for Paul to be able to come here and already know some of the welders because they've been in his classroom. That helps. It, it helps with the retention and it helps with um, just having that support system that you need when you start a new job and you're coming into unfamiliar territory. So, so even after Paul and Chris are placed and doing well and thriving here, you stay in touch. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, Chris and I have been mentoring Chris for five years now. Paul, I mean, we we still talk, and, and we really are. Five years, we're so. even we're even looking at you know how can we now move them into the United Way Financial Prosperity Center, you know, and how can we, so how can we help them start building their wealth? That's the thing, Chris is going to be running in a few years. It's a possibility for sure. And a lot of the companies that we work with are also recognizing this need for kind of internal mentoring and how we can make this a seamless approach. And so we're looking at, because we do have, that is kind of our niche and, you know, we know about evidence-based best practices and mentoring, how can we now help our companies do the same thing so that as we create this pipeline, we keep the kids supported and then they stay retained, which is, you know, ultimately what all of our companies want is good retention. Um, Lori, I People, talk about, um, you see a lot of, I mean, you, you, you know how some people in this country don't think there's that much of a future for manufacturing. And I mean, you obviously, and I obviously, and Chris and Paul obviously think they're wrong. But what do you say to people when you hear the term Rust Belt or you hear people say, I don't want my kid to go into manufacturing? What do you tell them? Well, I, what I tell the students all the time is there's incredible opportunities available for you in this area. Incredible opportunities. You know, we have partners, Timken Steel, Canton Drop Forge, Ohio Gradings, Young Trucks. I mean, the amount of opportunity out there and, and employers that are saying, just give us someone that wants to work, that can pass a drug test, and that will show up on time, and we can teach them everything they need to know. And there's money to be made in this community working in manufacturing. The jobs are tremendous, even more than I really understood before I started this work. And so I think that we're underrated. People don't realize how much is here and available for us. And so that's a big part of our program is just letting kids get to know that. I love hearing Lori's passion when she talks about the incredible opportunities available in Ohio manufacturing, and I'm so proud of our state. Sadly, what Lori said about drug testing also caught my attention. It's something I hear far too often across Ohio as our state and our country have been overwhelmed and devastated in parts by this addiction crisis. We need to treat this crisis like the public health emergency that it is. We need to scale up our efforts across the board. We need the White House to get more involved. We need state government to get more involved as communities struggle and are doing their part. That includes making sure people have access to economic opportunity. I heard from Paul how the opportunity availed to him through Get Connected helped him on his path to success. Were you at you at a time in your life when you could have easily gone the wrong way? Yes. What kept you from going the wrong way? Family. Oh, family. I uh, I lost my dad a couple years ago, and things got really bad because there was things that he was keeping from us that we didn't find out until afterwards. But that's kind of what kept things on the straight and narrow because I kind of had to be there as the, uh, the, oldest as the mentor. I'm actually the youngest, okay. but I'm surrounded by grandchildren and my nieces and nephews, and I'm trying to be a good example to them, and I'm trying to keep the house level, keep it from imploding, if you will. 
because of a lot of mixed opinions, a lot of raised anger and just turmoil. But I'm trying to get connected and help you with that. Yes. He was going through that when we actually first met. Um, it was right after I think you had lost your dad. And so, you know, kids come on our radar when they're going through things like that and try to give them the space they need for their privacy, but let them know that the support and the resources are out there right. and help them see what the future could be for them. Paul, oh, are, you, are you the one that the most people in the family rely on, even though you're the youngest? No, not the most. I'd say my brother and my mother. They'd be more of the... But, all, but everybody's looking at you, too. Yeah, they want me to kind of... They don't want me to grow up the way they, they want me to do better. Feel a lot of pressure from that? A little bit, but I'm working through it. Manufacturing jobs are often ladders to the middle class. Get Connected showed Paul and Chris a path to a more stable, secure future through manufacturing, a path that far too many Americans don't have access to, no matter how hard they work. Get Connected's just one program. It's important that we made sure these opportunities and these types of programs exist across Ohio and around the country to give more young people like Chris and Paul a foothold in the middle class or even higher. Let's close this episode of Canary Cast with some final words of advice from Lori, Chris, and Paul. Anything else you want to tell them about you or about get, get connected or advice or anything you want to say? Yes. You can go first, but I do have something. As far as get connected, you guys should look this thing up. You guys should uh, try to figure out how you can get an initiative going in your area because it's a very helpful thing. It's a nice tool to learn and grow, be a positive person and network. As far as being a worker in manufacturing, just come in every day and work hard. Regardless of what your situation is or um, how bad you're doing or how well you're doing, just come in every day and work hard. I think that will speak for itself and you'll be able to get all the opportunities and things you want in life through that. And lastly, anything is possible. Anything is possible. That's all I can say. I'm sitting next to the senator. Anything is possible. Anything <laughs> <laughs> you want to add? Keep your mind open. Whatever situation you're going through, just know that you have the ability to make it better. Which you've done at the young age of 18. So, congratulations. Mm -hmm. Last thing with Lorian, one of the parts of my job is um, I'm usually in Washington during the week and then I'm home Mondays and Fridays usually. And as I try to travel around the state, I, I get to talk to people that are doing a lot of different things and learn from them. How do I, how would you help me convince other communities to do sort of what Chris just said, to, to you know, have get connected and to get mentoring programs that they both ask for? How, how, do, how do we get that up and running in other places in the state? Well, I mean, the first thing is that I'm just so really proud of these young people, and I get a chance to work with young people and have, I have very strong relationships with many, many young people in this community and what really walk this mentoring journey with them. They're amazing, and they have so much to offer, and so many times you hear that their generation's kind of getting slandered and people say they're lazy or that they don't want to work or they don't have social skills, this or that. The truth is we're not giving them the opportunities to connect with them. And the research shows that connection is the key towards helping people move forward in their life. It's the key actually towards solving addiction problems. It's the key towards solving depression problems is human connection. And so this idea of using relationship building with a workforce and career-based focus is something that we should all be working for with our young people. And what I find with our workforce is they love this opportunity 
especially you know our, our welders and our carpenters and people like that who feel like sandblasters, sandblasters who feel sure. like their their jobs are you know, nobody understands their jobs and that they're they're not bringing up young people the way they need to be so they love the opportunity and so for programs like mine that can actually make it easy for them to do that you know we have a great template we make it easy we make it easy to partner with the businesses it's um, we, we really it could be a game changer in a lot of different communities so you need me to come talk I will come and talk <laughs> Good. Thank, thank you, you. Uh, Paul thank you Chris thank you thank you and Lori thank you all it. of you